This episode is brought to you by the Motherload Podcast and BetterHelp. And we are very happy to have them on board. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> we really are. Hi there. Welcome to If These Ovaries Could Talk. Oh my God, I'm Robin. And I'm Jamie. I have a bone to pick with you, actually, Robin. Oh my God, on air? Yes. You could have done it the half hour I, before we you, got here? We didn't introduce her. We <gasps> Can I tell you, you? you? I can't believe you let me not introduce us. Last season? Uh, or the last no, episode? Last, last, week? last week, our can first episode. I, can I tell you what's so crazy right now is that <laughs> as you said I have to, a bone to pick, and as we were saying that, I was like, we didn't do that last yeah. week. Yeah. It was our first one back, Jamie. Oh gosh, you guys, we're just getting back on that roller coaster. All right. Welcome to our podcast. Welcome. Thanks for coming. Folks, October, which is tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, if you're just listening on the day that it comes out, because of course you are. But <laughs> October is LGBT History Month. That's amazing. I just learned that. Yeah, me too. And right it's a, now. Yeah. I, <laughs> I learned it on the wiki. And it's the annual month-long observance of lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender history and the history of gay rights and related civil rights movements. That's wow. loaded. Let's have some cakes, some feel, rainbow I, cake. I, I feel like this movement seems like it should be up to more than us just eating cake, but we can start <laughs> with cake. That's our contribution. And learn some history about, you know, our um, history. Right. Guys, <laughs> if, if you don't get enough of this yammering between Jamie mm. and I, you need to get on Patreon and, and become one of our Patreons. Is that how you say it? Patreons? I think so. Patreons. Our Patreons. It's a play on the word patron. And <laughs> you're going to listen, you're going to get access to all these behind the scenes videos, extra questions to our guests. So like behind the scenes content, mm -hmm. some polls. We're talking parenting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so more, more of us. More of us. Oh, Can God. you imagine? The worst sales ever. <laughs> so, so become a member on patreon.com slash ovaries talk to get right. access to all that business. All right. That's enough of us. I know. Uh, we get, should just go. get to our guests. Everyone's like, shut up. Try to talk. I it's really like Mark don't. Mark Marin, they just like fast forward to his 14 minute monologue. <laughs> Nobody's listening anymore. Yes. Um, Nick and Catherine. Mm -hmm. Nick and Catherine. Oh my God. Soon to be our best friends. Okay. So here's the, here's the deal. Nick had four babies Yep, and that met Catherine who also had one baby. Yep. And then they accidentally fell in love. Right. And then Nick, Nick. transitioned. Yep. And now they're your average suburban family. <laughs> I don't think any of us are average. We're I, above average. <laughs> they're above average. They're, you're, they're spectacular. You're going to fucking love these yeah, two. Yeah, you are. Yeah, I mean, you are. total honesty, total amazing interview. We I, should, let's, let's get to them. Eye opening. Let's, actually, should we get to them? Yeah, come on. Let's bring them in. Yeah. Actually, they're not here. They're in also, Jamie, Canada. Nick. All right. Here's Nick and Catherine. Hi. Hi. Oh my God. We have Nick and Catherine with us remotely. Welcome. And they're in Canada. Canada. Oh my God. I had to do this. So just, I did I, it's a, not a cool thing. I know. You should sorry, probably Canada. say sorry, sorry now. I'm right. sorry, Canada. Where, where, so sorry. where in Canada so are you guys? We are in Calgary, Alberta. Okay. And are you from there or moved there or? I am from the Toronto area <laughs> and uh -huh. moved here about 13 years ago. I'm actually from Portland, Oregon by way of Tokyo. I'm what? sorry. What? Oh. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> so I spent many, many years in Japan. I lived there as a kid and then I went back there as an adult and had a baby um, and actually moved back to Portland, Oregon after the 2011 earthquake and tsunami. Oh my goodness. Oh, shit. Yeah. And then I had wow. five years in Portland and then I fell in love with this one and moved up to the great, great north. I mean, I'm going to feel like a bad person for just jumping off of the tsunami and going right into your elevator pitch, but I really want to know your elevator pitch. Yeah. Tell us the elevator pitch about you and your family. Well, we are a pretty normal suburban family of seven. Mom, dad, <laughs> five kids, a terrible goober of a dog, except for our minivan. It's just a little more rainbow. So I am a dad who used to be the mom. I birthed four of our five kids and uh, we're a blended family. I have a wonderful ex-husband who we share custody of four of our kids with. And then there's this lovely human, my wife. Wow. Mm -hmm. I fell in love with Nick when I was almost 40. And it was kind of ironic because I was a total cynic and I didn't even believe in true love. I didn't actually think that that was a thing until it you know, hit me like the proverbial hammer, I guess. And so a few years later, much to my own surprise, I found myself moving from Portland, Oregon, where I had been a very happy solo mom to one kid, 
moving to a suburban town outside Calgary in Canada, where I became mom to five. Wow. Can I ask, Catherine, how you had your kid? By the way, I hadn't, I thought you guys were in like your late 20s. Just it's looking like at ridiculous. You. Your faces are fantastic. I'm only wow. But you guys are beautiful. Yes. You both look 12. So four kids by 34. Four kids at the age of 30. I had actually right before I turned 30, I had my fourth child at 29 and 355 days. Holy crap. Jeez. You know the days. 355 days. Okay, so we're back to you and how you made your child. Okay, so I am living in Tokyo. I was doing voiceovers and then I became pregnant and I decided to become a mom and have my kiddo. And I was in a partnership at the time with someone from New Zealand. And we ended up amicably separating several years later. Uh, there was a tsunami and an earthquake in there, and I moved to Portland. Wow! And was the was your partner at the time the the p- other parent of the child? Yes. Yes. Okay. He okay. The okay. Biological parent. Biological parent. Yes. Okay. And is he there too with you in Calgary? No, no. he uh, lived in Tokyo for a long time and recently moved to Australia. Wow! So we are all and over. Yeah. And Nick, your story, you're like the four yeah, kids so at 19. I, at 19, married a pastor. We quickly left the church. Okay. Did you have to leave the church? No, we just, it was just the thing where we were like, oh, we're done now. But okay. you were both pretty religious. We were religious. Until we then? sort of like did our, we were like, oh, we're really nice people. We're like doing it right. Yeah. I don't know. We're like doing life good. And then we. Did you have any indication that maybe this was like not the marriage for you to be in or were you like, no, I'm all in. I was all in. I was okay. super yeah. And he was my Sounds very like best it. friend. He still is a really good friend of mine. He's the, like, honestly, oh. I just married the nicest guy I could find. And then I was like, let's have a bunch of kids. So at 22, <laughs> I had, I guess it wasn't right away. First we went and we moved to Vancouver and we moved to Calgary for his job. And then we built a house that had all these empty rooms in it. Cause that's what you do in Calgary. You should build a house. And then at 22, I had a three bedroom house with no children. And I was like, well, I guess we better fill it up. And so (laughs) (laughs) you didn't think about antiques. No, I just thought, let's have people are easy. Let's have four children. Yeah. So we had our first kid. And then 16 months later, we were like, let's do it again. And we had a second kid 16 months later. I was really into like bang, bang. And I really wanted four kids because even numbers are nice. And like it, (laughs) <laughs> it would be good. And I had a really kind of shitty childhood and I didn't really have much of a family. And so I was like, I'll create my own family. You're going to fix some stuff. Yeah. You're going to fix I'm it. Fixing yeah. the we, by the way, we all do that. We all do that. I was going to ask if you had a, a large family, but no, just it, I am a, so I technically have three siblings, but they're all half siblings from different relationships. I was raised essentially as an only child until I was 13. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so it seems like you liked being pregnant. No, like being, being pregnant? pregnant is the no? fucking worst experience. It's, the so it's the worst. It's the worst. <laughs> and anyone who says it's not, I believe that they're either A, a lying piece of shit, or B, the men in black guys came along with the little light and they were like, let me tell you a story about this. <laughs> yes. Um, you love being pregnant. You feel close to the earth. <laughs> but you know. Um, it's a total lie. But they're all lies. Oh, so, Catherine, you're in the same boat, too. You know, I, I mean, obviously. Being pregnant, um, I think I had this inkling that it might be my only chance to get to do it. And so right. I sort of huh. loved it. But I also had to hide it until well into month five because right. I was working as an actor in Tokyo. And oh. so we took a lot of very creative costumes. There's no pregnant, pregnant actors in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. No, definitely not allowed. Did you did you give birth in Tokyo? I did. Or were yeah, you out of wives in a, okay. what they call a birth house. So it's like a, just a normal house staffed by a bunch of midwives. So I got to have a water That's birth, beautiful. which was really amazing. I have to say the midwives made me crazy, but wow, their <laughs> statistics are incredible. So you know. Well, Interesting. Yeah. Wow. That's a whole, I have, I know nothing about birth in Japan. Well, that maybe we'll get some bonus content for our Patreon listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, so Nick, when did it all go to hell in a handbasket? You have four kids. I mean, like when were you like, not I'm gone to hell in a handbasket. Well, whatever the proper like, term is. Well, like when I'm, were you like, I'm, I don't, I don't want to put words in your mouth. It was super great. I was like, Oh, I figured out this whole thing. 
happiness is when you, oh, you, you have to go through the terrible hardship and torture of being pregnant. Um, but then at the end of it, they give you a baby out of your vagina yes. and amazing <laughs> or other places and not your butt, not your yeah. butt. No, but they give you this baby at the end of it. And you're like, Oh, life has purpose. Yep. I was really yep. good at uh-huh. being mom. I love my babies. I think that the first six months of a human's life is like the most precious time Incredible. ever. Incredible. I just want to spend yeah. every second with them. Like I could just be yeah. a stay at home infant parent for the rest of my life and be really happy. So you had your two. Had two. Right. Then our second kid had a lot of uh, delays and he, they thought he was going to be on the spectrum and he didn't speak until he was four. And there was all this stuff. And I was like, Whoa, parenting is fucking, right. I, I always wanted yeah, four kids yeah. until I had two of them. And I was like, slow the fuck down. Do not do that <laughs> yeah. so quickly. Yeah. Hold your role. <laughs> this is really hard. Um, and yeah. so yeah. we paused for four years. Was it two boys four or years. you had a daughter first? A and daughter then a boy, and or? then a son and then mm-hmm. a pause. And then yeah. I was like, you know what? Well, the life was like felt empty and I, felt, I didn't know what to do with myself. And my kids all were getting ready to go to school. And I was like, you know what makes me happy? Babies, we should have two more. That idea of four is a great idea. <laughs> yeah. So I had uh, in I had one child in November, and then the following December, I had my fourth kid. Holy cow! Because <gasps> so you were pregnant for two years. Just it snuck in so much faster, time after time. Um, oh. Was the empty emptiness about you and your identity versus, it, or was it about just like you? wanted a house full like what was that I think it was a little bit of everything I think it was this like if I'm I was chasing happiness I was chasing this yeah. like feeling of fulfillment I was chasing something other than like well I guess this is all there is um and mm. and I love my babies like more than anything else I just freaking love my babies and so yeah I filled that hole again by having the fourth kid but this time um he it was an emergency C-section. He was born four weeks early. Um, mm. He then the emergency C-section was because he was stuck sideways and tried to come out hand first. And then I'm one of the 2% of the population that uh, an epidural just doesn't work on. Only the left side of my <gasps> body froze. The right side just what? completely going. So I had an emergency C-section that I had to be put under for. And then because he was stuck, I had like a vertical and a horizontal incision, but my vertical one was inside, not outside. So you can't see it. Oh, okay. They did give me a they tummy tuck that? out of it. That was nice. <gasps> oh, that's delightful. Uh-huh. And then he, our kiddo had a diabetic seizure and went into shock and then had to be NICU'd to a different hospital. And all of oh, this no. was on Christmas day. Oh, yes. Wow. Literally the, the doctors and nurses are like, it's a Christmas miracle. And I was like, you motherfuckers, <laughs> there's nothing miraculous about this. This is the worst. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then four months later, I left my husband for my wife. Oh, okay. You know, when you first have your like grown up house and your parents come to visit you and you kind of feel like you're playing yes. house a little bit. It always yeah. felt like that. <laughs> your I, first dinner party. Yeah. I was always like super in charge of it and like awesome. I was a great mom. I was, I was a killer mom. I will give myself that. I don't have mom guilt and say I wasn't anymore. I'm like, no, I was really good at that. I think that more moms should say it. that, but. Yeah, well. we should. Mm. Yeah. I say the opposite, but. <laughs> they all think. Anyway. But it was this thing where I was my best friend and I had done all the things and I had like, Oh, I still wasn't happy. And I was so in love with her and she didn't know it. And I was like, it's fine. Cause she's straight also. Oh, so Catherine, <laughs> that's what I was going to ask. Were you gay? Yeah. Um, so I now say that I'm pansexual, but I only learned that word a couple of years ago. So I would have said I was bi right. for a long time. Uh-huh. What is the true definition of pansexual and, and how does it differ from I don't know, queer or language is complicated and the language is always evolving. So what I'm going to say now may not be true in three months or six months, but as far as I understand it right now, the reason that we've moved away from saying bisexual is because it it sort of says without saying that there are only two genders, right? So there's like A and B, whereas pansexual means you could fall in love with any human for their heart and their mind and their body. Yeah. And it doesn't matter which of any of the many, many gender expressions they happen to be. And you're open. Yeah. It's the people. I think I'm pansexual. I think I'm totally pans. I'm pansexual. Um, Okay. So you're, (laughs) so at the time, had you dated women before? Yes. But I hadn't dated anybody in so long. I was a hundred percent single the whole time I was in Portland. How old was your 
Uh, it's a uh, daughter, yes. son, daughter. She was four when we went to Portland. So you were in it. Yeah. And do you share Nick's feelings or were you just like, oh, we're just friends? Like, did you know that Nick was coming for but you? I met Nick and we fell in love with each other in this super totally 100 million percent platonic way. It's that true. like when you meet someone who's going to become a really good friend, you know how you kind of just mm-hmm. recognize each other and you're like, oh, yeah. know, I've been waiting for you. And then Nick is like, so he at the time she but he was like. And I'm happily married. I have two, you know, two kids at home. He had a baby in his arms. And he's like, and guess what? No one knows, but I'm pregnant. And I was like, <laughs> and your partner is. He's like, this great guy. And and I was a little confused. And you were like, huh. I totally would have pegged you for being queer. But I didn't look that different than I do now, okay. for being honest. I just had some pink on <laughs> and my hair was blonde. <laughs> so your hair was the same. Your hair is very short. So was it this short? It wasn't this short, but it was it was a definitely a lesbian haircut. Like if so you looked like you looked like an intense soccer mom. I was like very Megan Rapino looking. Gotcha. Yes. Right. Yes. So mm-hmm. so Nick was so clearly off limit. So there was no like there was no danger, right? It was it was safe. Sure. I was like, wow, I think this person is really hot. But that's okay. They're married. I'm a I'm a big girl. I can keep my hands off other people's partners. Mm-hmm. No problem. We'll just be friends. <laughs> yeah, totally. Last word. Well, that, by the way, that never works. Also, Nick FYI. wasn't like sending you any like vibes at the no. Like, how could he? He was holding a baby. He was pregnant. There was like so many, yeah. so many babies attached to him at any point. Yeah. But you weren't sending the vibes out, but were you feeling the vibes inside? I instantly knew that I was like, this woman is literally the go- most gorgeous person I've ever laid eyes on. I just want to hold her mm. hand. And at one point, the second time we hung out in real life, I literally complimented her lips and then was like, shut the fuck up. People don't talk about other people's lips. And by the way, Asshole. I can tell you the num- the number of times that I've talked about Jamie's lips is never. Yeah. <laughs> Should have been. So a you're right. right. You are right. Hey, folks, I am excited and Jamie is excited <laughs> to tell you about the Motherload podcast. This is an alternative parenting show from actresses and friends Constance Zimmer and Missy Pyle, which rips the Band-Aid off the reality of what it takes to be a parent. Love that. Mm-hmm. Together with a variety of celebrity friends and experts, Constance and Missy build an unfiltered parenting community filled with authentic conversations and experiences. And it's from anonymous confession lines to listener questions questions and advice. This is a podcast that is a reminder to everyone that they are not alone in this crazy journey called parenthood. Don't we all need that? Mm. We need that reminder. And if you like what you hear, head over to the Motherload podcast and hit subscribe. Do you know they have that underwear that is all the days of the week? I want to talk about the days of the week. First of all, they can't read. (laughs) No, but you can. I know, but my daughter, I got her the days of the week socks. And then she was obsessed with wearing the one for that day. That's right. But I only got one set. So anyone's out there and you're getting day of the week panties or underwear, you need to get two sets. Because then if they get them dirty, it's like, well, I can't wear Wednesday because we're still on Tuesday. But I need Why don't to change you just your socks. put one Tuesday sock on and one plain sock and then you will always have put two, two different matching socks. Yeah. My daughter's like, Mismatch. this doesn't match. This doesn't match. I'm oh. like, sometimes it's cool to not match. And right. She's like, hmm. Not interested. Did you have a feeling like, was it conscious for you? I don't feel the way, like, I don't feel the way I feel about Catherine that I feel about my current husband. Like, was that conscious for you or was that buried? It was a thing where I think probably for the last year and a half, I had been struggling with the fact that like, I was like, no, I'm pretty sure that I'm into chicks, but it was always safe for me because Catherine was straight. So I truly believed that it was a hundred percent safe. She's, she's, she's shaking she her head straight, now. But it was just that she's <laughs> femme and I was not a very good, I was not, I was not an educated queer because I didn't know I was queer at the time. So I didn't sure. realize that there were all sorts of lesbian <laughs> ways of being in the world. And I was like, well, there's <laughs> no chance. And in retrospect, it's ridiculous because we talked about everything. We would have these long, long intimate conversations, not intimate, like romantic, but just deep friend conversations. And yet we never, ever talked about sex. We didn't talk about dating. We didn't That's talk about it, which is like in retrospect, oh, that should have been a sign, right? What you don't talk about is just as interesting exactly. as what you do. 
Yeah. So then she hired me to do her website because I owned a website development company. And I was like, sure, I'll come out and do new photos for the site. We'll do whatever. We'll I better fly to where you are to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh-huh. We'll expense the whole thing. And Perfect. it'll be great. I'll bring the baby. And so our, our four month old in arms, I flew to Portland. And the next night we went out with her book club and we had the best time and there was wine drank and it was delightful. And she touched the back of my neck just in that way. And so then quickly we got, when we got home, she instantly built a barrier between us of pillows on the couch. And after three and a half minutes, I was like, well, I should go to bed now. And then went to bed. I'd been so excited about Nick coming to visit me and meeting the baby. And then about 10 days before they were supposed to arrive, I started to get really nervous. And I was like, why? What is going on? And after some deep introspection, I realized, you know, I think I have feelings for Nick that are mm. not just friendly. And then I felt like a total jerk. And so I was like, all right, lock right. it down, shut it up. Like, this is not, mm. nope, this is, I love this person. I'm not going to be gross. Right. So then I erected walls of pillows and bedtimes <laughs> and tried to keep it all really platonic and safe. So then I admitted in a text message at two in the morning that I was gay and that this didn't have to change anything between us, but she was the first person I was- From the couch? From from uh, the guest bedroom, which was her daughter's bedroom. Yeah. And then oh she didn't read it until the next morning where I just laid awake all night counting the cars waiting to <gasps> see when oh. she would. And then uh, she, oh she came God. in all bleary eyed and was like, oh, I just, I love you. <gasps> and then, and I was like, oh, thanks. And I knew it was this like- this like tender, like you're safe. Thank you for telling me. And then literally the first right. thing that she says after that is like, you know, I'm bi, right? Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then she walks over and kisses me on the forehead and says, but or right before she kisses me on the forehead says, but don't worry, I won't fall in love with you and kisses me on the forehead and I die a thousand deaths. Wow. Until like 10 hours later where we're sitting on a park bench and I go to declare my love for her. Because I told her that I'm going to leave my husband when I go home. And like, this is just the <gasps> wow. only way to do it. Like I have to, have to do the right thing. And now, now that I've said it out loud, I have to do it. And so I go to tell her, I'm going to declare my love for her. And she interrupts me and says. So, so Nick said, I'm going to be brave now and say something. And I said, no, I think you've been brave enough. Why don't I say something? <gasps> she said. I don't think that you should blow up your marriage, but if you're going to anyway, I'd like when you're ready to take suitors, I'd like to be first in line. You know that feeling when like all the blood rushes to your head and your ears have blocked everything out and you guys Mm -hmm. just stared Mm -hmm. ahead. And I was like, well, she seems to not be talking anymore. I think I'm supposed to respond now. (laughs) We were sitting side by side on a park bench and I just reached over because I couldn't speak and I put my pinky finger over her pinky finger. Yeah. And then we've been in love since. Yeah. And so then we had some very, very terrifying conversations because, you know, blended families, you don't date, like you don't, you don't just like, well, let's see if it works out. We lived in different countries. We both had kids. Nick was married. So the question, you know, within about 15 minutes of declaring our love for each other was like, well, are you going to go back? Now what? We'll just sort of stop communicating. Or are we going to like get married and spend our lives together? Holy yeah. crap. I, I, I have to, have you kissed yet? No. They I haven't know, kissed I yet. I know, I know. You don't even know if you like the kiss. I mean, obviously I you're talking about kiss. sex, Jamie. So late, yeah. like, maybe 20 minutes later, we're in the kitchen and leaned over and kissed me. And then I kissed, he her, kissed back. her back. And then I pulled away and she was like, I love you. And I said, I think I love you too. And then she said, do you want to get married? And I paused for a second. And I said, yes, okay. I'm going to definitely divorce first, but then yeah, yes. Because the legal oh rules God. state. This first sticker that's yeah. getting divorced. This, by the this way, so you have given a new, like this has got to be a world record for you, Hall. Like this is, there is nothing <laughs> faster than like what you two did. It's physically impossible for it to be faster. Well, I mean, it was, it wasn't physically that fast because then I had to go home and get divorced. And then we sure. waited. Like you do. Yeah. Then we waited <laughs> 10 months before we introduced our kids back into each other's lives and let them yep. grieve marriages ending and things happening. Sure. And 
Uh, and it was then over a year before it was 17 months before we moved in together. Yeah. Wow. wow. Okay. So, uh, okay. just for sake of, we have so much ground to cover. I, I want to shift a little bit and say, so when did you Nick begin transitioning and how, like, how did that all affect and go down? So then the sex happened and that was great. <laughs> I'm so glad that happened yeah, by the way. It Thank was you. So happy great that, that happened. And then that, but that, I think honestly, part of that was like her being feminine allowed me to play with the masculine. I hadn't ever had that before. So the getting to like experience what it felt like to be the masculine person in the relationship. And I, Every time I had even just a taste of it, I was like, oh, that feels good. And the more this feels like that yeah. I moved towards it, the more I felt happy and better in myself. And like I was, it was like I could remember who I was in this sort of way. Like I was coming home to myself. That's a beautiful I liked way to it. Put it. Yeah. I like the way you said, like, remember who I was. It's something that's new to you, but it what it it's, it's not you. new to you because it is you. Like that's a fantastic way of putting it. This whole thing, your 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 whole story is like souls colliding. We're doing and this now again with our hands. Hands. <laughs> And now you're saying I'm remembering who I am. It's like so cosmic. What is yeah. I feel like you guys are like these ethereal beings right now and we're just like peons. Don't forget about earth. all the diapers and the vomiting <laughs> and the body training. All that and was happening for, too. Yeah, like there was our my first Christmas alone as a single parent, all four of the children got the worst stomach flu that has ever happened. Yeah, of course they did. And then oh. it just rotated. They just kept giving it to each other. Oh, I did 27 loads of laundry in five days. It was, a, oh. yeah. So all of that happened also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. What, so how old were uh, each of your kids when the split up happened? So the split up, they were four months. They were a year and 17 months, a year and a half. And they would have been seven, six, seven and six. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and Catherine, yours was was nine. So yeah, we did every other weekend. One of like I would fly to Portland every other weekend because the kids' other dad would take them for the long like Thursday night until Sunday. Wow. Okay. So then then let's fast forward to and then new changes begin to happen. Yeah, and right? then and then the more I was me, I the more I would you would start. It was Catherine that started asking questions like. I'm a life coach. I can't help myself. Uh, so I, so she's a life coach. So she starts asking me the questions like, oh, I, it seems as though you're enjoying this. Or like oh. it, it just sort of started as her peeling an onion that I was like really grateful for someone to start asking the questions because I didn't know how to start talking about it without someone asking, I think. So Catherine, you knew. No, I had no idea what was going to be inside. Oh, that. really? I just did. It was like second nature to me. Mm-hmm. I could tell... I don't know. It was it was like we were unpeeling these layers of each other. And even though we had gotten to know each other so well in so many ways, I did have this feeling that like there's still something else under there. But I didn't know mm-hmm. what I was looking for. I just knew that there was something else that still wanted to come out. But Nick, you say like it was refreshing for somebody to ask me the questions, but it feels to me like you had no idea that this was even going to come out before this, I knew right? I a kid so- who I was, but it was so not okay. It was so like, that's not okay. And it was mostly my grandma just being like, nope, that's like, I remember sitting on my steps just crying and being like, I'm mm. a boy and I don't understand why I can't just be who I am. But over time, the number of times people are like, well, this is just the cards you have. Like, that's not a thing. And I honestly yeah. didn't even, I don't truly believe I knew that a trans, like what being transgender was or the word until I saw Laverne Cox on Orange is the New Black. Like I was right. really real deep said. down. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I so mean, I, we've heard even just lesbians say this. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't know I was gay because I just didn't see it. I never saw it. I didn't know that this was an option, even though they yeah. were gay the whole time. So I, but it um, just, but you're, but you're saying is like all these people telling you that's, no, you're not who you say you are. Right. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. And then what a tremendous capacity we have to put things away. Yeah. Right. Because yes. it wasn't right. It's you're told deeper. it's not right. And it it's wasn't even, safe. Yeah. Right. And uh, the people not. who were telling you you couldn't be that, they were trying to keep you safe too. Yeah. I truly believe that my grandma oh, was just trying to nice keep me safe. I think that yeah. everyone else in my life didn't know what to do with it, but my grandma was just really trying to keep me safe. And then it was this thing where like, 
I am the kind of person where once I've realized something and I say it out loud, I'm like, oh God, but this has to happen now. I don't have a lot of, I have yeah. a lot of quick start and I just am ready to go. So I, once I was able, like once I said it out loud and it was this thing where I was like, no, I'm a man. Uh, and first you were very much like, no, I mean, you're just probably androgynous. You're just very <laughs> masculine presenting. And I was like, no, no, I'm like, I'm a man. Like, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it was, it was a difficult <laughs> thing for you. You were like, but finally I'm a lesbian. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're like, wait, no, no, I'm not. And I had fallen in love. Like, like a kid, like I truly, I was almost 40. I had never been in love like this. Like I loved the way Nick mm. smelled. I loved the way he tasted. Mm. I loved the way his skin felt. And it, it was so disorienting for him to be like, actually, nope, I am someone, someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so it's kind of a, like you fell in love with someone and then you were afraid you, that person was being taken exactly. away. Exactly. You know exactly what you're getting and you love every single aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And then now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to Catherine's credit, she never once asked me not to transition. She never once told me, like made me believe that she wouldn't be there for me. It was just a grieving process for her too. Um, and I think yeah. often we make the transition so much about the trans person rather than the people that are supporting them. And it is about us. It is like, we're the ones that have gone through this this socialization of not being normal or typical for all this time, yeah. of not knowing who we are, of not like of just the physical distress of being in the wrong body for me personally is, is intense, but it doesn't take away from the fact that she is having her partner change right in front of her and that she gets to have complicated feelings about that. And so much in the community, there's not space for that. There's space for either. Oh, they're the exact same person. There's nothing different. Everything is rosy. Or there's yeah. space for, it's all a nightmare. They've turned into a monster and you're going to have to leave them. There's nothing in between, you know? And so right. it was more complicated than. Mm-hmm. We, it was a very lonely time for me because I searched, you know, as you mm. do on the Google to find out what was going to happen, <laughs> right? Where we all look for our help. Yeah. And, and all I could find were these very black and white narratives. And I didn't right. like either of those. I didn't believe yeah. that taking testosterone and, and, you know, completely changing his body and his chemical makeup would have no effect on him. That just seemed ludicrous to me. And, and yeah. in fact, it had a huge effect on him. But I also felt like, okay, but just because a lot of guys get really excited with this big testosterone surge and start sleeping around, isn't it possible that there could be an adult man who would not necessarily do that? And and so we were looking, I was looking for a more nuanced narrative um, and we really had a hard time finding one, which is actually part of why we made our documentary, because we wanted yeah, to tell yeah. a more nuanced, complicated story. This is this. the I said it already. These are the stories we need to see in the world. These this story is like you said, it's so nuanced. Yeah. It's so beautiful. It's so it's kismet. It's but all it's these even, things. It, we've we've talked to how many people and it's like there's new details for us and there's new. It's like it's so personal and specific to each couple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like all of our family stories. Yeah. Right? Because that's yeah. the thing that's, that's the whole thing that we talk about is that like the thing that we typically try and hide away that we're most ashamed of, that we're most like, Oh, that makes me not normal and weird. And I don't like it. I'm embarrassed is actually the thing that makes us the most beautiful that, yeah. you yeah. know, the fact that I have, right. Like it's the things that that we're most afraid of telling the others about are the things that actually yeah. are the most beautiful. The fact that I have a, a past of birthing children and have been able to carry our kids and I can understand what that feels like. I can understand the yeah. bond that you have with a child. You literally grow inside of you. It, yeah. That's a great thing. That's a beautiful thing. The fact that I know what it's like to be both a stay at home mom and a work in the world mom and a single sole provider mom and a provider father and a work from home father. Like I know I have this breadth of experience that most people just don't get to have. All the yeah. aspects, and all yeah. the aspects. Can, I can choose to hide that and be embarrassed of it, or I can choose to make it my superpower. 
Robin, yes. I need help. I know. My kids are sapping the energy out of me and I'm losing all my joy. I'm exhausted. Seriously, I feel like I'm walking around in a fog all day trying to achieve goals and failing at every turn. Listen, every you, turn. You need to breathe immediately. <laughs> you are a mom. It's <sighs> totally normal to feel this way. I also, I've got I've got something for you. What? Better help. Oh, yeah. Listen, they are going to assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating with them in under 24 hours. It's a good idea. I need to go back to my counselor. Oh, my God, that's right. You were going to better help you (laughs) quit. I fell off the wagon over the summer. You're right. And it's nice to know that she's literally just a couple of clicks away. I mean, that is the beauty of BetterHelp. It is. You can just log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Every time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is why Mary loves it so much because you can schedule a weekly video or phone mm-hmm. session so that you don't have to sit in that stupid waiting oh, room the waiting while everyone room. stares at you and goes, why are you crazy? I know. It really is a great service. And for our listeners who don't know about it yet, BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches for you so they make it easy and free to change counselors if you need it. And the service is available worldwide. And there's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's counselor network, which may not be locally available in many area- yeah, areas. Yeah. So you get BetterHelp. Yeah. You get sometimes it. you might need something specific. Yeah. Right? See what yeah. I did? Yeah. No, stop that. <laughs> I just want to also clarify though, guys, that this isn't a crisis line. No. It's not self-help. It's a professional counseling done securely online. Mm-hmm. And it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling. Oh, P.S. Financial aid is available. Love me some financial aid. Okay, so now that we've talked it up so much, BetterHelp, everyone out there should go to betterhelp.com slash OCT and you can join the over 500,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Yes. Yo. Oh, and if these Ovaries Could Talk listeners get 10% off your first month <gasps> Amazing. at betterhelp.com slash OCT. That's betterhelp.com slash OCT for 10% off your first month. Catherine, so like, like, but you went through a whole, you went through a transformation too. So how did you come there? How did that transformation go for you? You know, it was a process and I dealt with a lot of fear, mostly because I just didn't, I didn't have a, like a a visual for how things would look. I couldn't imagine, I couldn't picture what our lives would look like. And so I was just really afraid and I didn't even know what I was afraid of. Um, But I was just afraid of the unknown. And I was definitely very much afraid of losing this person who I had fallen so desperately in love with. And and to complicate all of this, this was a private conversation we were having just between the two of us. Like we weren't talking to anybody else in the world about it at this point. So it was it was very kind of complicated. And there was a time there where um, I I tried really carefully to refer to Nick with no gendered pronouns for a while because mm. we knew, you know, that he was a he, but we weren't quite ready to yeah. tell the world yet. And so I was doing these mental gymnastics. You know, I, I probably would have come out so much earlier, but we had these beautiful children to think about and we had, how were they going to take it? And how, like, how is it going to affect them? And honestly, three years ago, four years ago, it, the landscape was different. There were trans people were not yeah. in the news. They were not anywhere. Yeah. It mm-hmm. there. I when you googled like not how to positive. your kids as transgender, there was not one right. article. I no. couldn't find the yeah. thing. And you know, four years has made a huge difference in the information yep. that we have out there. But there was literally nothing. Uh, the only right. person I could find was Aiden Dowling, and then there was a guy. Uh, a guy. A, and then there's Buck Angel, which like none of those guys are all like, you know, Teak and Aiden have kids now, but they have right. under they one year olds. Yeah. It just, yeah. there wasn't anyone that had, that was out there who had done what we did. It was like a lot of therapy and a lot of preparation. And we had a whole plan for telling the kids and we had all these things to set it all up. And then our kids were like, yeah, cool, dad. Is that what I call you now? <laughs> Wicked. No. I eat this pepperoni. I love it. <laughs> Were they really? It was that it was easy? Truly just, that easy. They didn't give a shit. Do you shit. think they intuitively knew? One of our kids instantly was like, Oh, I have eyes I could see. You oh. know, like oh. <laughs> Which is not to say that they, of course, didn't do deeper processing and have thoughts about it and yeah. feelings about it. But it was funny. But it wasn't like up for this huge climactic moment. And the moment itself, they were like, huh. So what, you'll you grow a beard or like Huh. Okay. All right. Okay. So you want me to call you dad? What do you want me to call you? They're taking more. Isn't it funny? They're supposed to like, it was, it quickly just Mm -hmm. went right back into like normal family conversation. 
I love kids. Yeah. yeah. That was the first of well, many and conversations. Like, yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. Because with kids, you truly have to come out like a thousand times. And when we were making sure. the documentary, we showed one of the rough cuts to our, our, one of our, one of our little ones. And they were like, oh, daddy, are you becoming a mommy? True story. Oh, you'll be such a beautiful mommy. <laughs> While watching the document, like a cut of the documentary, because it was <laughs> me talking about transitioning. And she was like, cool. Oh, you're going to be a so beautiful we're gonna go to mommy. I love that she was like, you was like no, 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 I already did that, sweetheart. Uh, like, you just it already happened. Yeah. It just, but they're so open and like, yeah, they, they take it in, but it's also, it's that drop the seed theory that yeah. we, that Lisa, the therapist talked about just, it, that you just drop the seeds with the kids and you keep dropping the seeds yeah. and, and when they're ready to take it in, they take it in and it makes for Funny moments though, like when your kid goes to school and tells their, you know, their primary school teacher, yeah, oh, I geez. came out of my daddy's vagina. And then the teacher, of course, is like, well, no, no, honey, I mean, your mom's vagina. And she's like, no, no, my dad's. Yeah. And she's I came out of my dad's <laughs> vagina. <laughs> so you no. seem like you're like, you're just very open about your story. That's just like you, you know, there isn't a lot of secrecy around it. I don't want my kids to think that I'm ashamed of who I am. Even if my kids didn't exist, if them being quiet wasn't a thing, I'm not willing to let go of those experiences that made me who I am. And so I chose, I, I choose to be visible, you know, because A, I'm a cis passing, stereotypically decent looking white middle-class dude. I have mm-hmm. all the privilege in the world when it comes to being on the trans spectrum. Like there isn't, there's very few trans people who have more pri- privilege than I do. And so I want to use that to move forward as much as I can. And if what some stupid Republican needs is to see a somewhat look like him, white guy, and go, oh, that's not that weird. I guess I can get around that. Then that's yeah, just right. a step forward for all of trans people. It just, it, yeah. it lets them connect with someone that looks like them. Is that why you chose to do the movie, the documentary? Yeah, the documentary came out of that and it came out of, we were sitting at a, a gala for a local organization here called Skipping Stone and it was their trans uh, youth week and it was their rainbow gala and it was all these kids coming up on stage with their moms and dads and just by themselves and being like, I just, every single one of them said like, I, who will love me? Like no one's going to love all me. these teenagers just being like, I just hope that someday someone will love me. Uh, and I'm just sitting there, right? Just being like, oh my God, they will. I swear. Yeah. yeah. And he was like holding me down. He's like, sit down. That's not appropriate. I'm like, but I have to tell them. And our kids were at the table and it was just like us with our children at this table, watching all these trans kids say like, I don't know who will love me. And their mom's saying, I just hope to God that like he, he or she will have this beautiful life where they'll have love and they'll have a family. And we were just like, oh, we have that. We can show them that that's possible. While also yeah. being realistic about what it, it's not fun to be trans. Like, you know, it's yeah. so often we gloss over the messy parts that no one will yeah. believe the good parts. You, so you shared messy parts? You have, we them? have them? Yeah. yeah. And I am like this year I punched a hole in the wall. That's my, that's a messy part for that's you. That's right. That's, that's a messy right. You know, like, I got a little temper. I get that. Yeah. I'm just, I just <laughs> did it. I just was like, Ugh. would you have done that? Would you have done that before the testosterone too? No, not at all. Too? I literally did not have a healthy, like, I don't believe that I could actually access anger. I had like, you always say that I actually have a healthy uh-huh. level of anger now that I didn't have before. So you know what it's like to go through the world as a woman. Mm-hmm. And now you know what it's like to go through life as a man, yeah. right? Like, is, uh, uh, because I'm always walking around thinking, oh, he has it so easy. Oh, that that fucking asshole. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> that fucking I, asshole. I'm not calling yeah, you an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. With your white male no, privilege. Right. But like the white male privilege. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if this really is not okay to ask, it is. Yeah. And, and if this is not okay to ask, please tell me. No, it's totally okay. But I to just, ask. because you, I you have about. both, you are like the most amazing individual because you have both sides of this. You can see it. Yeah. You know, and you came from the side of the woman, which is the oppressed one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, like, let's. So, like, I, I always say that I wasn't, I truly, one of our biggest fights we had early on was because I was like, oh, I don't identify as a feminist. And I was like, excuse oh. me? 
I will fucking cut you, she said. Uh, this relationship bitch. Uh, deal breaker. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I mean, like, it's not that bad. I think it's probably like a Canadian American thing. Like, it's it's not that bad here in comparison. Right, and right, then, right. And then I transitioned to male, and I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so so oh, sorry. Really? Because you because you got treated differently. Because I got treated differently, and all of a sudden, the world listened to me when I spoke. The world congratulated really? me on the beauty of my wife. Stop it. The world. <gasps> Uh, the world she is pretty. listens I mean, she is when gorgeous. I talk and believes me. I no longer had to justify everything that I thought. The like the whole world. <laughs> you're not like literally. You're not crazy, women. Mm-hmm. That by the oh way, because it's like we all we all have this inkling that it's happening. Oh, it's fucking. And we happening. say it out loud, but then in the back of our head, we always go, "Maybe it's not. No, happening. It's, no it's happening. Maybe it's absolutely happening. Wow. The thing that I I love you didn't for saying expect, that though is that. Literally, this like male privilege does exist, but it is its own cage. That being a man right. is its own cage in itself. Men believe that honestly that their only real worth is procreation, providing, and protection. So mm, the only worth to women is: can you support me? Can you provide for me? Can you give me babies? Mm. Wow! So it's a double-edged yeah. sword. The number of small dick jokes I hear in a day. As a guy who has no dick or a very tiny one, I suppose, like uh, it, literally men's whole worth is like, how big is, is your penis, penis and how do yeah, you use it? Yeah. And if you have a big yeah. penis and you use it well, then you probably make a lot of money. Right? So it's a double-edged sword. It's It sucks on both sides, but it is really nice to hear ladies. you say <laughs> that, yes, we are valid in our feelings yeah. you are not about making it up you're not making it up being treated and as the lesser i'm sex. just saying that the cage doesn't serve men as much as like it's not serving them either i don't understand right. why they're keeping it going i always will say that like the women's house the woman's house is on fire it's like halfway burnt to the ground we're like trying to hose it <laughs> off the man's house is literally it's there standing up not on fire but it's fucking dilapidated and about to fall down any moment right Right, right, yeah. right. But well, it's I mean, like how- not even as known. Like at least we know it's fucked up, us ladies. And remember that the women are the ones raising these boys. Yeah. Right. Right? Like we how have that, to stop how does saying that happen? That boys but but it, some of it happens because of nature and some of it happens because of nurture. Like my son came out with a distinct personality and my daughter came out with a distinct personality that they came out with. And Stacey Ann Chin was not arguing with me, but like saying, you know, but how much of that was mirrored back to them by society. And it's just, I don't know, like who could ever know, right? You could never do a controlled experiment. And it's like, we're, we're like, it's, we're cats and dogs. It's like, you can make sure. I think we can all make sure that we don't let our boys get away with things and that we don't let our girls play small. Right. It's like you have the the pendulum is swung so hard in one direction that we have to swing pretty hard to the other direction just to come out. To maybe get some equal. Yes. Yeah. I agree. agree. And and I think that just us being conscious of it is a huge part of this. And it's not even so much. It's, it is that big stuff, but it's also the subliminal, like, it's okay. Get up and try again is what we tell boys. Shake it off. Not as in like, we don't care about your feelings and you can't cry, but we also are like, you can do it. Get back out there. Yeah. We're, we're like with our girls, we're like, oh, does that hurt? Come here. You probably want to sit down. Like it's all, it's those messages yeah. where we're training our girls to be perfect, not brave. And we're training yeah. our boys to be brave, not perfect. Yeah. We're doing this yeah. sort of weird thing. And it's, I do think that some of it is nature. I look at just like are like, I look at even myself before testosterone and after testosterone. And I go mm-hmm. before testosterone, when something really bad happened, I would get so sad and eat a bucket of ice cream and sit on the couch and watch a rom-com <laughs> and cry yeah. and have my feelings. And now when I, when something bad happens, I jump right to rage. Uh, I'm angry yeah. and I have to do something about it. And it's yeah. nothing has changed in me other than my, hor- like my hormone rate. Right. It's yeah. pretty astonishing to witness. Because I am yeah. all about not, like I just said, not letting boys get away with things because quote unquote, boys will be boys. But I will say that watching yeah. the effect that testosterone has had on someone who I know really, really, really yeah. well has been And I'm socialized female. Yeah, it has been really right. Like I am way more socialized There female is a physicality to it. There is a, a part that's in your body that is, you're reacting a certain way. You don't get sad just, anymore. You know, I get angry. And anger, yeah. anger yeah. fuels movement in a way that sadness doesn't. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. I mean, 
<sighs> Thank you for sharing this. Seriously. Thank you so much for being so open yeah. and willing to talk about all of it, you know, and- um, I can't wait to watch your documentary. I can't wait. This is going to be one of my favorites. When is the documentary coming out? What's the name of it? Is it is it already done? What's the, what, where can people get it? It's called Just Another Beautiful Family. It's going to premiere at the Calgary International Film Festival at the end of September. And then it's going to be oh. online starting <gasps> in October. I'm so excited. Okay, so we got you first. Yes. (laughs) That's awesome. I love that. We've just also started a YouTube channel. So we can. I was going to say, is there social, give us some social media stuff where people can get in touch and follow you and watch all of your business. That'd be amazing. So you can find us at Beautiful Families Project. Beautiful. Okay. And that's on on all of the channels? channels. Yeah, that's our, that's our joint thing. Thank you guys so much for coming and sharing. This was just so wonderful. It was such a, I mean, we could probably talk for 17 I hours. I could talk to you forever. Totally. I mean, we I could probably work, just I'm, stop the recording. Everyone fill yeah. the wine back up and just come back. <laughs> but, well, I'm so sad to say we're out of wine. It's like an upsetting yeah. moment here. That's no good. <laughs> we're not, we're not just coming for dinner. We're staying the night. Perfect. Wow. Yeah, that your, got weird. Get your guest room set up. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming. Yeah. Thank you so you much guys. for having us. It was an absolute delight. Oh, that Nick and Catherine. Oh, I oh love that them so Nick much. I do too. They're beautiful. I mean, I really truly Inside think and out. these are the people that are having us over to their house. <laughs> Although, wait, update. <gasps> we got one. Our fir- we Matt, got one. Matt, our our season four last week's off, episode. He, he invited us for wine, he but it was totally tonight, and we, we couldn't, couldn't do it. Go, but we're we're we rain got in, We got invited. Shit. Yeah, all yeah, right, we're okay. going to that. But so I think so. This could be our second one. Yeah, they're they're it's sleepover time. Now we're, we're going to be like the dicks who have like no time to actually go have wine with him. We're like, no, how we're going to January finding twenty twenty. We're going to find time. Um, but these two. Nick and Catherine, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. The The stuff about gender to me was just incredible. Mind blowing. It was really great. And really affirming. I just, I loved their relationship. Mm-hmm. They were just, they were such a match for each other. And they were, it just was so interesting how quickly they fell in love, how deeply, and then just how falling in love gave Nick the space mm-hmm. to be who he really was. And I Cosmic. just, fucking incredible. Cosmic. Well, what listen, were we doing with our hands? Cosmic. We were doing things. Cosmic. But all I know is that that I can't wait to watch their documentary. It was just, it's called Just Another Beautiful Family. And it, it's, they, they hit the festival circuit. It's already, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's going to be available online pretty soon. So check them out. Yeah. So, all right. Well, listen, let's just, let's keep this conversation going. We, we, guys, join us on the social. We're all over that. We are. Social thing. We're now. so social. It's like ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash ovaries talk for all kinds of cool extra content, parenting advice, you know, all that stuff, behind the scenes content, all the mess that is Robin. <laughs> and fucking Jamie <laughs> in video. In video. It's a mess. And you can get us at ovaries talk on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Ovaries underscore talk on Insta. And if these ovaries could talk on Facebook and join our Ooh, community our there, community. we got some new joiners last mm-hmm, week mm-hmm. and you could talk to other listeners and, you know, just ask questions and, and it's going to be a place where we're going to drop in questions about if like, like we're recording something tonight. And when we record, if we have questions for the guests and from the questions. group, yeah. I could have said that better, but I didn't. But so. people got it. I yeah. think. I hope so. I think. Thank you to our sponsor, BetterHelp. And don't forget to listen to the Motherload podcast with Constance Zimmer and Missy Pyle. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Eggs. All right. Ovaries. <laughs> Out. Out. Out.